0: I am Daniel Foley from the Abundant Life Training Center, and welcome to our daily communion meditation, where today we're talking about plotting versus planning. Plotting versus planning. Lately, we've been talking about planning, and we've been taking a look at some passages passages of Scripture coming from the Proverbs. And just lately, I feel like I've gotten this nudge from God to start working on some more detailed plans for our program, the Abundant Life Blueprint, of laying out our calendar, getting some more detailed plans in place because for us to truly build a community, I believe, requires having some more detailed plans in place where everybody can be coordinated together, working together in a good fashion. So we're gonna be looking at this difference of plotting versus planning. You look in the book of Proverbs and you'll see several verses that talk about plotting For example, usually most of the verses about plotting have to do with people making evil plans. They're developing some evil plot, some suspicious plot usually has to do with them doing something in secret. But in the Proverbs, it tells us that when we plan, our plans can fail for lack of counsel. Talk about the importance of planning together, planning in a transparent way so we're going to be taking a look at some of those Hebrew words today for plotting and planning and just asking God for some insight. What's the difference between these two, between plotting and planning? And so we're going to be taking communion over that today. But why are we even taking communion every day? About 10 years ago, I had no spiritual life whatsoever. I was doing life on my own without God, doing things my own way. But life wasn't going the way that I wanted it to go. At the time, I was running my personal training business, and the business started out great, but I got into some tough times. I've got some months where my business is losing thousands of dollars in a month. I've got the weight and stress and pressure of the business on me. My life is very unbalanced. And I remember getting to this place of going for a walk with my wife and just telling her over and over, there's got to be a better way to live. It wasn't for a lack of seeking or searching, because I've been traveling all over the country, studying with some of the best health and fitness experts in the world. Reading books, taking courses, going to seminars, and not just health and fitness, but other areas like business and leadership and finance, relationships. But I wasn't finding what I was looking for. And then one day I came across this challenge to start reading one chapter from the book of Proverbs every day. Proverbs has 31 chapters. So on day one of the month, read Proverbs chapter one. Day two of the month, read Proverbs chapter two. And then you keep going like that until the end of the month. And then you start back over again. Well, I've been doing this for a little while. And then one day, Proverbs 13, just seemed to jump off the page at me. It says, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. And that first got me thinking, what's the most valuable thing that we could pass on to future generations? Well, Proverbs tells us that wisdom, understanding, knowledge, those are the principal things. So I made a commitment. I want to pass on manuals and lessons and teaching for all the different areas of life. But when I got started, I had no clue where to start. So I began to seek after God. Began to totally immerse myself in the Bible and the things of God. And my relationship with him began to grow. He began to teach me, began to train me. He taught me this whole new way of living, this whole different way to operate my life. We make him the source. We make him the center of everything. We do life together with him. We learn how to rest. We learn how to trust in him to allow him to do the work through us. But learning how to do things a new way meant I had to unlearn a lot of what I learned before. Wasn't always easy all the time. Went through some struggles. Had to unlearn some old patterns, some old ways, and to embrace this new way of living. Wasn't always easy all the time. And over the course of about 10 years, I just documented what God was taking me through, the things he was teaching me. And it turned into this program we call the Abundant Life Blueprint with a series of books and courses and now partners. But out of everything we do in the Abundant Life Blueprint, I do believe God has shown me the most important thing we do is daily communion. Daily communion is what I call the number one table turner for all of life. Has the ability to turn things around, to create a turning point in our life and change the trajectory of our lives going forward. And personally speaking, I've found every time we take communion, we come out of it a little different. It's this opportunity for us to receive these promises from God and to start walking in them from that point on in our life. Jesus says, "As often as you do this, remember me." It's this opportunity to remember Him, to remember His sacrifice and our covenant with God. Something so powerful about just remembering and not forgetting, especially when we're facing issues and problems. It helps us to abide in Him so that our lives produce much fruit. First Corinthians eleven twenty six says that every time we take communion, we're proclaiming the death of Jesus. Which, in the case of a will or an inheritance, Nothing happens until you prove the death. So in a way, communion is like an activation of all the benefits that are found in the new covenant. But it's also important we take it the right way. Every time we take communion, we take it with the fear of the Lord. With deep awe and honor and reverence for the sacrifice of Jesus and all that he suffered for us. But I think it's also important we remember what his sacrifice means for us. What it did for us, making us right with God, connecting us back to him. Given us this personal relationship with him. So the process we typically use, we start with about a two minute long prayer that's mostly scripture, coming from Ephesians chapter one and the prayer of Jabez found in first Chronicles chapter four. And then we take a few minutes to examine ourselves because the apostle Paul says some people are weak and sick and they die early because they don't examine or judge themselves before taking communion. And if communion has the power to do that in the negative I believe it has the power to make us healthy and strong and give us long life if we take it the right way. And then after our time of communion, we're we're talking about some physical workout tips and advice because I truly believe physical exercise is meant to teach us how to exercise our faith. So let's get started with our prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray for all those who are watching or listening, their families, all those connected to them and our church and governmental leaders. I thank you for releasing us from darkness and transferring us into the light, into the kingdom of your dear son. I thank you for your purpose and grace given to us in Christ Jesus before time ever began. I thank you that Jesus was smitten for us so that you could fight for us. And I keep asking that you, the father of glory, would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we would know you better And you put all things under his feet and made him to be the head of the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If I ask you to bless us and make your face shine upon us, let us find grace and favor in your eyes. Expand our borders and our territory. Expand our capacity to receive your purpose and grace, your love and your goodness and to let it flow through us so that we do good and are a blessing to people all over the world. Send us opportunities to do good and be a blessing today and help us be sensitive to those opportunities. Keep your hand on us and help us do today what's right and best in your eyes and do it with peace and joy and confidence in you. And we ask you to stretch out your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and keep us from evil and pain. Through the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right, we're going to go through the other half of prayer. This is our time to examine ourselves. Are we making today a masterpiece? And how are we going to do that? We're going to get connected to the master. We're going to bring our relationship with God down into today. And masters of anything are simply masters of the fundamentals. So we do some repetition here, executing these four fundamentals day by day and bringing some presence and some fun into them today. But before we go through our four fundamentals, let's remember God's got a process. When he took the people from Egypt to the promised land, there was a process. There were steps and stages along the way. It didn't happen in one day. And in a similar way, for us to step into the inheritance and the promises that God has for us in Christ, I think we go through a process. There's steps and stages along the way. And very simply, I think it starts with us believing. God's got something better for our life. Something we can better, something better than we can ever ask or think or dream or imagine. And then it's being willing to move forward with his plan. To just walk out that plan together with him. Learning to put off our old ways and to embrace this new way of living. Learning to walk in faith and love and forgiveness and humility. Following after God's plan for our life. So our first fundamental. Let's get positioned in the light today. Every day we've got to keep repositioning ourselves back into the light. I think it starts with humility. Because it's the humble who are given grace. It's the humble who are exalted and promoted. And we're going to take our position in forgiveness today, receiving forgiveness from God, forgiving ourselves in the middle, walking in forgiveness with other people and to walk in the light is to walk in love, kind and patient and gentle, always assuming the best, keeping no record of wrongs, delighting in the truth, always hoping, always trusting, always persevering because love never fails. And we're going to take our position in gratitude and praise today one of the greatest expressions of faith, and it's one of the easiest ways to maintain our positioning all day long. And being in position is a big deal because it puts us in position to be able to receive everything that God has for us. When we step into the light, we step into Christ. And God has taken everything that he has and he put it all in him. And we get this amazing opportunity that this day, today, we have access to God's spirit and power and presence His love and peace and joy, his mind and wisdom. There's purpose and grace, health and energy, time, finances, resources. It's all available to be received in him. But then we got to learn how to get it flowing through us out into the world. Because this all starts in our spirit. And we got to get it out through us, out into the world where we can see the fruit or the result of it in our life. Which leads us to our second fundamental, which is to magnify the light. This is turning up the brightness of that light within us. And it's going to expand the capacity where God can flow more of all those good things through us. It's also going to get this new covenant rooted and established in our heart. Where we become more fixed and consistent in it. And to magnify the light, we've talked about the example of two baskets on a balancing scale. On one side of the balancing scale is a basket full of all the issues and problems and testings that we face. On the other side is a basket full of our praises to God. Praising him for who he is, praising him for all that he's done in our life. To magnify the light, it's a question of which basket are we going to fill up with our thoughts, our focus, our attention, our words, our meditation. Which basket are we going to fill up? Which one are we going to put our focus on? To magnify the light, we can magnify God's word, his unfailing love and his faithfulness, his mighty works that nothing's, nothing's impossible with him. We can magnify all the good things he's done for us in Christ. And just stay focused on all he's done in our lives, all that he's already done. Because what he started, he's going to finish. He's going to see it through to completion. And just stay focused on those things. It's not denying that there's issues and problems. In life, we're going to have issues and problems. But it's choosing to put our focus on that other basket. To keep magnifying him in the face of those issues and problems. Because we trust that he he can solve those problems a whole lot better than we can. But he does give us a choice. We could choose not to do any of this. We could stay stuck in pride and rebellion, bitterness, unforgiveness, venting, complaining, filling up that other basket. And that's where we have to learn to recognize the symptoms. Because when we're out of position or magnifying the wrong things, it's going to produce some symptoms in our life. It might be the tendency to retaliate at people or snap at people. We might withhold good things that we know to do. We might avoid people or give them the silent treatment. And there'll be this lack of fellowship with God and with people. Broken fellowship with God and with people. On the inside, you feel this heaviness and weight and pressure like it's all sitting on you. You might have feelings of hopelessness or helplessness, like you're trapped or you're stuck and it seems like there's no way out. And all that weight and pressure just drains all the energy right out of you. Emotionally there's the fear and stress and worry we're dreading things in the future envisioning worst case scenarios reliving bad things from the past and unfortunately this can become a habit habit this can become a vicious cycle that seems to keep repeating over and over again but when we take our position in the light there's rest in our soul there's fullness and completeness in him and when we rest God goes to work and now all those good things he put in Christ begin to flow His peace and joy and love and spirit and power, it all just begins to flow. And everything is free and easy and effortless. Your energy levels begin to rise up. And now we've got hope in any and every situation. Because we've got God with us. And if all this weren't enough, God gives us this amazing gift of grace. That if we ever get off track, we ever miss it, it just takes a moment to turn it right back around, get back in position again. I think it starts with getting more present, getting more aware of the symptoms that we're experiencing. And then realizing his power is available to turn it right back around, get back in position today. There's grace for today. We humble ourselves. Father, I've, I've missed it. I'm off track right now. We receive that forgiveness from him. We forgive ourselves. If we need to say we're sorry to somebody else or forgive somebody else or reconcile with somebody, we take those steps. Then we start praising and magnifying him. And I like to pray this very simple prayer. Father, thank you that what you put within me is more than enough to handle whatever's coming at me today in a beautiful, graceful way. Help me to tap into it, see it flowing in my life at a greater level today. You go through that simple process, that weight just lifts off you, the pressure comes off. All those good things begin to flow again. You got to make sure you give yourself grace in this process as well. And then our third fundamental, we got to stay tuned in today. Every day, God's trying to teach us and train us and navigate us. We've got to stay tuned into him. My favorite way to do this is with a journal before bed. And I like to start at the very top with what I call some filters. These filters are a way to help me keep things top of mind, help me to stay in rhythm with God. In the Old Testament, the temple had a rhythm. There were things that needed to be done every day, every week, every month, and on the yearly cycle of feasts. Well, our bodies are God's temple now. And getting into rhythm with him is one of the biggest keys to staying tuned in, I've learned. And so I like to start at the very top of my journal. Just every night, keep reinforcing. What's the big picture vision? Where do I feel like God's leading me in my life? For me personally, that's abundant life training centers all over the world, making the body of Christ healthy and beautiful. Underneath that, I like to bring it down to the yearly level. And I go back to what's the word, what's the direction I feel like God gave me for this year? For example, this year for me, it's 2022, the year of the beautiful land. And then underneath that, I like to bring it down to a monthly level. And that usually comes from the message that we put out for the month or whatever we're focusing on the month in that month in the Abundant Life blueprint. This month, it's confidence through praise. Praising God consistently builds our confidence in him. And then underneath that, we bring it down to a weekly level. So I'm starting with the big picture, then yearly, then monthly. Then I bring it down to the weekly level, which is our weekly yearly cycle updates of where we are in the year right now. This week, it's God's favor is on you. This time of year is a reminder in July, God's favor is on you for a lifetime. It surrounds you like a shield. So I keep writing these things, keep reinforcing them as a way to stay in rhythm with God. And then I like to start my journal with gratitude and praise to stay in position. And then to magnify, what went well today? What are all the ways I saw God showing up today? What are all the things to praise him for today? And then i like to ask this question. God, what were you trying to show me today? And get still and listen and whatever comes into my mind, just begin to write those things down. And then we got to stay tuned in throughout the day. If you ever feel like you're losing that connection, just take a couple minutes, just slow down, get connected with him. Think of it like plugging in a phone. You're going to get powered up in him again. And then the final thing I like to do in my journal, I like to bring it all down into today. I use a a final filter at the end of my journal to bring it down into today. And I'll plan out the upcoming day with God by, by looking at what do I know to do today? And that's how I'll plan my day. What do I know to do today? Because I learned sometimes I was getting out ahead of God. Toiling away in my mind, trying to figure things out, trying to force things to happen. On the other side, sometimes I was procrastinating on things that I knew to do. So I've learned to stick with when I plan, what do I know to do? And that becomes the plan for the day. And then we wake up like a kid on Christmas morning, excited for the day, because this is the day that the Lord has made. And we remember this very important principle, that the first thing out of our mouth every morning sets the tone for the whole day. As I began to learn about this, I began to seek God. What's the best thing for us to say? I felt like he was taking me back to Genesis chapter one, the very first words we see God speak. Let there be light. So now I've started implementing this. These are the first words out of my mouth every morning. Let there be light. And it's amazing how just such a simple little thing brings a different energy into the day. Then we get connected with God. We start walking out that plan in full confidence in him. That he's right there with us every step of the way. And when we get to that place of confident faith, his grace begins to surge through us. He begins to go to work. He begins to beautify our life. Make things happen in our life that we could never make happen on our own. And beauty is attractive and magnetic and begins to pull more and more of all those good things that he has for us into our life. Let's take a look at plotting and planning today. So you look in the book of Proverbs, something to just pay attention to. If you're reading along with the book of Proverbs, you'll see a lot of times it talks about the evil will plot and scheme and devise evil plans. But the righteous are planning. It talks about the importance of planning with advisors. And so I think of the difference. When I think of these, it talks about the word plotting. In Hebrew is the word cherash, which is devising, but has this, this connection to the word silence or doing it in secret. Whereas, for example, we talked about the other day, plans fail for a lack of counsel. Doing it in secret versus doing it in the open and transparent, doing it together. Now, the word for plans you get two different words here we see on here. I think they come from the same root. The word, the, the root word looks like is tashab. And then you have a bigger word, which is machashaba. I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but it talks about designing, inventing, planning. But the root word of it comes from accounting or calculating or thinking. So getting very detailed. Jesus, for example, tells us to count the cost. If you're getting ready to build a tower, count the cost. So getting more calculating, getting more down to the very details of what needs to happen. Now, I think of plotting and planning. I also think of if you plotted a course, you plotted a course along a map. That's giving you points in time. That's giving you points in time of, along the destination. Or you think of the plot of a story. It's giving you the main points along the story. But the planning is what happens in between. The planning is, you know, all right, I'm trying to get to this destination, but the planning is what, ha- what needs to happen? What provisions do I need to make? What, uh, what's the route I need to take? How do I get to that to, to that point? So think that's some of the differences, but we're going to be asking God for help because I don't know what he's exactly what he's trying to show us here. But I know he's trying to lead us into something good here. So Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help to show us what the difference is between plotting and planning and how we practically implement this in our life. We're asking for your help with that today. And and specifically, I'm asking for our program, The Abundant Life Blueprint, that you would help us to apply this, whatever it is you're trying to show us here, into our program, The Abundant Life Blueprint, to help us build this community of people who are all doing it together. We're asking for your help with that. We thank you that on the night Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Just take a moment to remember. Just think about the awesomeness of what God, what Jesus did for us. God sent us his one and only son to die for us. Jesus is willing to come. He's willing to come and humble himself unto death on a cross. And God pours the cup of his wrath onto the body of Jesus. He was crushed and destroyed by God, separated from him. But then he's raised back to life. He's resurrected from the dead. And not only is he raised up, he's raised up and he's seated in heavenly places at God's right hand. And then God raises us up, resurrects us, and seats us in heavenly places with him. Makes us one with him. Makes us new creations. All through his one sacrifice, he makes us holy and right and perfect in God's sight. So Father, we thank you for this bread. And ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your bread, you can take your bread. Then after supper, Jesus took the cup. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood poured out for the forgiveness of sins for many. It's the forgiveness of sins that releases us from darkness and transfers us into the light, into the kingdom of Jesus. And he's a great king, a great king. He's Lord. His blood cleanses us, makes atonement for us. Gives us this new covenant with God, this personal relationship with him, this covenant relationship. God is with us. He's for us. He's working for our good. So, Father, we thank you for this cup and ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. If you have your juice, you can take your juice. All right. We've been talking about Looking at the bigger picture of workouts lately. You can't judge the success of a workout program by one day alone. You got to think bigger. You got to think about the the progressions and the series and the cycles of training over time. Because one workout is really not going to make that much difference for most people. You got to think about the, the bigger picture. And so something I've started doing, I've taken our daily communion workouts, which is just one consistent workout. And that was the starting place. I did just that for a while, for several months. Just got really good at those basic movements. If you don't have the workout, if you go to our website, the Abundant Life Training Center, and you get on our email list, you'll get access to those workouts there. But then something I've started doing lately is branching off from there. So I've got kind of a four-day cycle that I do. I do the regular workout that's on the program on day one. And I do it with a little bit lighter weights, really focusing on technique. Day two, I do the same exact thing, but I cut all of the reps that I was doing in half and I, do it, and I do it over two sets. So for example, if I was doing shoulder presses and I was doing eight reps, instead of doing eight reps that day, I cut it in half, I do two sets of four and I use a slightly heavier weight. And I do that on every exercise. So I take the, no- the reps I was doing for one set and I cut those in half and break them into two sets and I use a slightly heavier weight. On day three, I do the same workout as day one, but I use a slightly different variation of each exercise. For example, if I'm doing lunges, instead of walking lunges, I might do reverse lunges where I step back, or I might step back and then step forward, or I might hold a barbell on my back versus the dumbbells in my hand. I just do a slightly different variation, and I also slow down the tempo a little bit, just keeping things under control a little bit more. And then day four, I do the same exact thing as day two, but I do it with the same variation that I used on day three. So a little bit heavier on that variation. And I've just been going through this four-day cycle just repetitively, and it's working pretty well. But hope this has been helpful for you today. If you'd like to learn more about partnering with us in the Abundant Life Blueprint, you can go to the com.